It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. I'm Mara. And I'm Bob. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing excellent. And yourself? Uh, you know, I'm doing well, too. I'm doing well, too. I, uh, You know, it, life, is, life is always a challenge. I think it, uh, when you're surfing on top of the wave, you're probably less likely to get drowned. So I'm trying today. That's my goal for the next week is to just surf on top of the wave. And I think that involves uh, following uh, Don Miguel Reese's uh, four agreements, which we talked about last week, but I do think it works. You know, I also, I do want to remind our, our listeners, um, we, we're, we're somewhat changing the format of the show, but it does not take away from our undivided belief that we are undivided. And I think that Rabia the mystic, an Islamic um, prophetess, uh, perhaps would be the word, uh, maybe uh, wise woman, religious person, I, whatever word works for you that gives her the due respect that she uh, should have, says it best when she said, on a mountain, in a valley, I behold only God. In a hardship, I see him by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melted amidst the sparks of the flames. I behold only God. And in keeping with our program today, another quote attributed is she sent someone to the market to get uh, blankets and they came running back saying, what color do you want? Do you want white? Do you want black? Do you want gray? And she said, what? Even in blankets, we discriminate. Wow. Yes. Age-old wisdom. Some some people may call us New Agers, but bottom line is this stuff has been around for a long time. Yeah. Anyway, excuse me. I guess maybe the way of thinking of that is that that has just been what anyone who has uh, a strong sense of self has always been thought of as New Ager, right? (laughs) whether it was a thousand years ago, 10,000 years ago, however far back we want to go through today, if you're strong in yourself and you're strong in your faith, you, you tend to be marginalized <laughs> yes. in some, yes. some way, or at least labeled. And, I, and that, that's the word that popped in my head when you were trying to come up with uh, a quote-unquote title or label is what I was thinking for Revia the Mystic is, you know, we all want to. We all like to do that too. We like to label everything, and that's where mm-hmm. sometimes it goes along with the theme of this week. That you know, in human rights, with human rights, yeah. that we that we end up discriminating the rights of others because we think that uh, we're not equal, and whether that you know, uh, in any type of situation. And if we have any listeners on today live with us, we seem to get a lot more folks that listen after the fact. But And we deeply appreciate that. And we'd like your feedback. You can email us. Um, Absolutely. If you, if you would like to call in today, the number is 646-595-3584. We'd love to interact with our listening audience. The, Especially today, yes. Go ahead, every day. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was wrong. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I take it back. <laughs> the thing about being live is it is live, folks. <laughs> exactly. We don't and, and as far as we go is we come up with a topic and we don't discuss it amongst ourselves too much and we do we do our own little research and finding quotes and I'm sure we individually think of things that we want to talk about or hit upon and I know sometimes what I think about never gets said because we we take it a different way. So it's all unscripted live and off off the cusp as they say. So Yeah. It's been a, yeah. Been a, Wonderful week of great news, and I'm sure some folks might not feel the same way, but uh, looking at it from a point of love, it's great that we are able to extend health care to many millions of people that wouldn't be able to afford it, and that same-sex marriage is now legal in all 50 states, and just furthers the, the notion that we are all equal and we all are in some way connected to one another. The going going to the ACA decision, I think, you know, I've had some very uh myself have had some varying opinions and ways of thinking along the lines of how do we how do we go about extending healthcare to everyone and not making it in my case, I'm fortunate enough that I'm able to provide to to pay for for health care and what I've noticed over the years is that the prices continually rise and rise and um that was happening even before a c a so we can't blame it on that we can we can go look for other factors for it but in the end, I think I've kind of come to the conclusion that you know when some folks will say, well, in Sweden or some other country we may have where they have free access to health care all of the time, we have, uh, you know, why can't we do that? And I think what people don't remember about the, about some other cultures or other countries is that they're paying 80 90% in taxes to be able to have have that as, something that's available to them all the time. And none of this comes for free. So I think we've made big strides in our country in being able to provide more health care to more people because we all deserve to have the same type of health care available to us, no matter whether we are rich or poor, black, white, gay, straight, yellow, green, whatever. We should all have health care. So that to me, was a great outcome this week. Me too. Me too. I agree. Um, I uh, My circumstance is I have pretty much always had uh, employer-provided health insurance, whether I provided it myself when I was the employer or otherwise, but... Um, there was a brief time when I didn't have employer provided health insurance and and I realized that that during that time period how expensive things were but because I have been blessed with employer provided health care insurance as well as with a solid income I was able to flow through that period with barely a blink um but I will tell you that there are some things that I have noticed because I come I uh, do not come from a family of affluent, and um, I can see the degradation of the body uh, as the there when there is no health insurance or when the person is reliant on on Medi-Cal. And I I've seen like in the last few weeks or maybe months, I've seen a decision to go for. All right, everyone, hold on to your teeth when you hear this. I've seen a decision to have all teeth pulled as opposed to having two or three teeth fixed because apparently Medi-Cal is, is more inclined to help with the first one of having all teeth pulled. It's hard for me to imagine having one tooth pulled 
let alone all of my teeth pulled. And and even though it was only one row, and you do have two, um, that was that was just made me gasp, and I'm still gasping from it. And before, I'm sure there's many other. I'm sure there's many other examples of of yes. procedures that that could be done in a different way if if it was looked at from a different perspective. I'm sure that the the, the rationale behind that is probably, well, if they got one bad tooth, they're just going to come back every year and it's going to cost us more in the long run. So I might as well just take them all out. It's the only thing I could imagine that that could be a, a reason, right? It has to be. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, right. I'm like, whoa. But, you, you know, even my mom and dad who had insurance, who had Medicare, um, you know, we're still on occasion getting hit with these uninsured liabilities that could just cause them to rock if they had if they didn't have me. <laughs> you know, I mean, it could just their world. And so this insurance decision, uh, I'm actually okay with that. But y'all need to know my bias is um, coming from where I came from. Uh, working poor, I recognize, I don't mind paying my taxes because, as Bob said, it's the taxes that are the issue. And I don't mind paying my taxes in order to help ensure some of these exposures to people who have less than I do. And I don't put that in some sort of economic uh, theory because we have so many of them sitting, floating around that can cause us to forget to love one another, uh, whether we call it capitalism or we call it communism or we call it socialism. I'm just saying that I'm willing to pay my share to help keep society afloat. And Bob's right. It's very expensive in, in some cultures. Their share is very high uh, compared to, to the share here. And... Um, I don't know. I, 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 to me, that's a political decision, and frankly, I haven't thought it through except to say maybe I have for myself. I'm willing to pay my share of the taxes. Um, I also recognize that there are not enough jobs for everyone, and therefore, on some level, we have to support some. And I don't know if all of you are aware, but back in, I think it was the 80s, we began, actually it was probably the 70s because I was teaching in a junior college, so it was in the late 70s. There began to be this abstract thinking where full employment in our country no longer was actually everyone working, but instead was everyone minus a percentage and that percentage reflected those who were actively seeking work and so if someone was not actively seeking work for a period then they weren't part of that percentage and back in that day it was about 5.1 percent so about 5.1 percent if we have 5.1 percent of our population actively looking for work and then whatever percentage is not, then we treated that as full employment. Now I'm not going to do the math for interesting, huh? I'm not going to do the math, but it's a big number. <laughs> you know, it's a big number. Well, and I think and I think that, that you know that since that time until now there's a lot more people that have decided to go into the workforce as well and have uh, dual income families, whereas uh, at that point it wasn't as, as prevalent, and now it's almost unheard of that everybody doesn't want a job. It's uh, yeah. you're, you're almost. I would imagine. I, I almost can't think of anyone that isn't retired that doesn't have a job, or is has yeah. been in a situation where they needed to find employment because they've lost a job for whatever reason, downsizing or what have you. But I think, you know, that definition is probably constantly in flux. 
I think so. I think so. And we do pay and we do pay insurances for times when when that does happen. And we do. Social Security, all of that is an insurance policy that we all contribute toward. Uh, Welfare is not a gift from the public fisc, but is instead uh, a portion of those taxes that I pay that you each of you pay. Social Security are particularized taxes that our employers and each one of us pay into for that point in time when we are going to leave the workforce so that we open up jobs for young people. Uh, I did just get a retirement uh, discussion that suggested when you retire, you should get another job. And I'm thinking... Obviously, we've lost sight of why we were encouraging people to retire because if right. we all, <laughs> you know, what's going to happen with all the young people? I'm sorry, and, go ahead. And that, in itself, and that in itself is exacerbating the, the unemployment situation is that so many people that do retire either go back to work doing something else, they retire from a system that they're allowed to come back into as a consultant and and be paid again, uh, sometimes double paid, right? <laughs> because you're getting your retirement yeah. and consulting fees. Your and and for some individuals, you know, that's great. They need some people. They may need to have that income and need to. But I think a lot of t- and we're retiring at a lot older ages now too. So we're not those jobs, as you said, that should be opened up for the next gener- next year of people coming out of college or high school or tech school or, yeah. or high school don't don't have that opportunity because other folks aren't uh aren't retiring as 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 early as they should and you know in some people's cases you don't want to retire because you like what you do and that's that's ideal right that everybody that it's not your job it's going to do what you like to do every day. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, that's a, a debate I have with my brother all the time because um, he believes everybody needs to be working a job, therefore we should slow technology, and I believe that technology is allowing us to reconnect with our inner selves if we choose to do so. <laughs> you know, it's very interesting last night, Mike and I were watching... Um, the uh, it was a, on National Geographic, I think, and it was about uh, Wright brothers. And you know, I think when we think of aviation, we all think of the Wright brothers, and we might not know this whole history of what actually happened, and that there was a that there were other people that were inventing planes, and that there were lawsuits about patents and that it actually, all of these lawsuits stifled technology because nobody would move further because, well, I can't use that piece now, so if I invent this, then they're going to want to use that. And it all started uh, this stifling of technology. Then the next one was Jobs versus uh, Gates, or Jobs versus Gates, and and the same thing happened there, that there were lawsuits that caused technology to stifle. So yeah. we, um, we actually end up stifling ourselves by by being in, in some cases not working together when you could have um mm-hmm. just you know maybe it's the way that our patent law works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the thing folks, one of the things that you'll notice in the write up this week was a discussion of the Protestant work ethic. And we haven't even gotten to to the huge recognition that arises uh, from the Supreme Court's decision on Friday that uh, same-sex marriage is lawful in all 50 states. And, and we will. Uh, but just with regard to this one item, the Protestant work ethic, for those of you, uh, you may recall from high school, uh, from elementary school in some instances, um, is a, was a belief that if you were right with God, then God would be right with you. 
And so you would have great wealth, you would have uh, everything uh, that one could want. And if you weren't right with God, then you deserved the lack of economic success that you were having because it was God punishing you for not being right with God. And I used the word right because it was so much a reflection of a thinking that somehow God has an idea who what you need to do day to day and and only loves you if you do it exactly according to the script that God has laid out for you. Unfortunately, most of us didn't get that script. And what we've had is we've had a variety of uh, faiths, uh, religions, philosophies, uh, each one uh, interestingly grounded in love, uh, taught to us. And those thoughts, uh, unfortunately, they've been taught to us in a way that we are uh, we are right if we do what our group says to do, and that creates, uh, in the imitable words of Pink Floyd, "us, us, us, and them." And, and yet here we are, all just ordinary men, but judging each other is inadequate because. We happen to have been given a script for life uh, that was used a different name for the deity or used a different approach. For for one thing, Islam, if you look at it, you're going to find that it has pretty much the same uh, Ten Commandments and the same way of looking. If you look at Judaism, um, it's very similar to Christianity, and these are the large religions today. If you look at Buddhism, which is a philosophy, it is grounded in love, as is Judaism, as Islamic, as is Christianity. Uh, love thy neighbors as they love thyself. That's why I picked those particular ones, even though I did use the Christian portion of it, because there's so many people who identify with that faith in this country. But the reality is, those are commandments. They're in Judaism. One thing I think that so many people forget or maybe don't know, because I think a lot of people just take what they've been told from their particular Mm -hmm. uh, pulpit, um, is that Christianity, Islam, and and Judaism all are are all rooted in the Old Testament. People forget yes. that, and they like, well, yes. Allah is not is not the same God. And I think, where did this crazy person come from that they have this idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and God, the thing with the way you pronounce it in Arabic, I mean, you don't in Mexico they yeah. don't say God, they say Dios. It's, it's yes. the same thing, people. <laughs> and even some of the pantheistic religions, like Hinduism. In the end, there there is one God. I mean, there is one ultimate connected being. It, it just may have different faces. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like we're all talking. And I, that's what I love about uh, Yogananda is he talks about about everything. And so many of these quotes are in the simplistic language of of the New Testament, which in part is because people were starting to try to realize we need to make this simple and basic for the layperson so that you don't have to go to some sort of theological university and engage in study and then bring people together in masses. Ha, 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 ha. Right. <laughs> Yeah, right. No pun intended. So that you can then teach your your wisdom, your understanding to them. Instead, it's it's right there. It's beginning to be simplified, so that so we don't need intervention from someone else to tell it what it is. Tell what it is. And um, this this idea. And today we're actually kind of dealing with two scripts. One part of the script was, uh, you know, this whole Protestant work ethic idea that uh, you you needed to um, basically, if you were right with God, as I said, then God would be right with you. And then the second script that we need to, that I would like to move into, was a gained way of thinking grounded in fear. 
that somehow if God made someone different in what was prescribed to be the norm, that in that difference they were doomed. That person was doomed and was not loved by God and was sinning. And I've heard the whole, uh, do you cons- I've been asked, do you consider homosexuality a sin? And I'm afraid that I'm not, my response is not popular. I am not gay. So I have not experienced the experience of being um, gay. Um, but I can say to you that I believe that we are, we are collectively God in an individual, in an individual mode. And that each one of us is, is living our life to try to get back to remembering what I just said to you. And in remembering, it's not just putting it into your head. It's feeling that vibrant energy of all that is. Of, of feeling your your skin get electrified when you meditate. Of knowing that with three deep breaths that your spirit is unified with all that is, with everyone. Now, some of us have the ability to differentiate and feel other people, too, from the collection. So we don't just feel ourselves, we feel the collective conscience. But I think everybody has that. It's just that most people don't take time to slow down, to breathe, and to feel it. But when I was asked this question about sin, um, I said, well, you know, I kind of feel like we're all God, and I don't think God makes mistakes. And uh, I don't think God wants us chopping off some part of our body. So how do you decide which part you're going to chop off? You know, uh, we're made who we are, and and we are here to live lives uh, that exemplify love. And that's how I feel about this one topic, that when you're treating someone else as yourself, you are seeing in that other person yourself. And that's the second decision that I have read very mixed reviews on uh, over the, the weekend and over yesterday. So, Bob, I'm going to be quiet for a moment and let you speak as we introduce this, but... I would, if you don't mind, like to lead a a quick meditation after you've spoken so that we can unite all of our thoughts in the name of love. Yes, that would be wonderful. So, yes, the momentous day for me as as a gay person. Um, My husband and I got married before, got married... uh, a month and a half ago, legally, in in Nevada, and that was a decision we made based on, um, you know, there's there's a lot there's a lot of people that decided that you know, hey, we're going to do it where we can because we can. Some people that decided to wait until everyone could get, have the same right, whether they were gay or straight. There are plenty of straight folks that said, why should I be able to get married if someone else can't get married? And, and waited until this time. Um, what, what I remember most from, I can remember being gay since I was a very small child. So I, I totally believe that you're born gay. You're not, you don't become gay situationally or because of situations that, that could have been taken a different way, I guess. Um, I got it though. <laughs> yep. I guess you could be situationally gay or have situ you can't be situationally gay probably you could be uh you could be situationally uh, abused there's a difference exactly the, there's a difference what I remember the most was being told that I was loved by God and was god made in God's image from one side of the pulpit and on the other side of the pulpit being told I was going to hell and I was an abomination unto God. So I think this is something that a lot of gay people 
feel is how do you how do you reconcile those two things? And of course, people use scriptures to say that you know that you're that that it is a sin, and and, and you know it depends on. There's many things that we could take out of scripture and say that are sinful today that people do every day. So eating pork, yes. not wearing a, a headscarf for women, women working, women, you know, all kinds of things that are out there. So people select are, are selective on what they what they want to uh, what they want to use and how they want to use it, right? But I think it all yes, comes down do. to it all comes down to if, the simple thing of love thy neighbor as thyself and not just for same-sex marriage but for health insurance, for everything else. I think, you know, yeah. to to your point about the Protestant work ethic the and and that folks that that folks are quote unquote punished by God because they didn't that they don't work hard enough. I I have such a trouble believing that because I see people that yeah. work their asses off that have things happen to them that are no reflection of the way that they have have performed in doing their job, whether that be no matter what it be, picking up trash, programming, whatever it is. You know, you get in a car wreck and and you know something like that can ruin your life. As you know, you've had you've had a couple of those yes. that have yes, that you've asked on. And, and by no yes. means for those that no, by by no, it's just a, the silliest notion for me for people to think that that you're being punished yes. because you have had a wreck. Um, yes. And I'm sure there's very many positive things that came out of that situation for you and then you had time to think about things from a different perspective and and made things positive. So even in even in diversity if we can find positive things um that that help us the, through the rest of our life. Or it may not sometimes things that we learn don't help us. It helps other people because you're able to talk about and share a situation that yeah. that helps someone else have maybe be more empathetic or have an understanding that they might not have had before of a situation. So for me Absolutely. It was, for me it was it was I read so many things and got goosebumps so many times yesterday and the day before reading um things online and it was it's very emotional for me to know that yes, our that it that our country has made it made a change, and although not 100% popularity around it, there's I don't think there's ever 100% popularity on anything. Um, no. Say that we're spending ten dollars every citizen of the U.S. and people would find a reason that we shouldn't. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. So, yes, so there's, absolutely. Nothing that, um, <laughs> there's nothing yes. that uh, ever gets that. And then a lot of it comes, you know, as, as I talked about last week, a lot of things come because of fear. Yes. And, and misinformation in, in, yes. in some cases, but a lot in fear. What, what's going ha- to happen if everybody can go to the doctor and go now? I might have to wait a little bit longer. Um, mm-hmm. Totally irrational fear, because mm-hmm. of course, when there's more money pumped into a system, more things, there's more services available will become available. Um, not to say that we can't do a lot of reform with our insurance system here, since they seem to be guiding a lot of the health care that goes on. I've noticed since uh, <laughs> my husband's surgery a few uh, six weeks ago that. You know, a lot of things are, oh, we'll turn it into the insurance company and see what they say. And yes. insurance company says, no, we don't think you need that. But yet your doctor does think you need that. Or they take five days to give you a call back to say that, yes, you can have a brace. <laughs> and that we yes, approve and that in person who's evaluating it is not an MD. <laughs> you know, they're making it on exactly. the good old 
the good old laissez-faire capitalism motive of uh, the United States that it is not profitable. In other words, they are doing a cost-benefit analysis and determine that the scales are even. So although Mike might benefit from having the brace and in, and heal faster, <coughs> there is also, uh, they make this analysis, there is an equal chance because when his surgery occurred, it stopped here instead of here, that not having the brace, he will heal at the same pace. And so they make this cost-benefit money analysis, which is offensive on some level because it's not best practice and best medicine. But um, I agree with all that you said. I really do. And I think that uh, fear is such a dominant force in, in the world. It always has been a dominant force. And I, I don't, I can't, I can see where in the eyes of all that is, there are some things that are abhorrible and they're harming other people and things of that nature. And But I do not, I one time read this book called Conversations with God and I actually felt that this section was very edifying for me. It was a discussion about uh, Hitler. Now, I think we can all agree that um, Hitler was a crazy, crazy man. I think I, I think that we can all agree on that. And yet, even Hitler went home. And when uh, Neil Donald Walsh was asking God about his response to this, he said he was upset with the choices that Hitler made to harm other people. But he was more upset with the number of people who weren't crazy who went along with it. And the number of people that stood by and watched and didn't say or do anything. Did nothing. They did nothing to stop the world's worst atrocity ever. And it is so grounded in the us and them thinking that some people are loved more by God than others. You know, folks, if I could do anything in my life, if I could survive, well, I probably can't. I can survive. Uh, I would spend my days just letting people know that we're all equal, None of us are more important than another because we have more money or or uh, no one is less than another because they have less money. I guess that's the same thing into, on two sides of the, of the cup, half full and half empty. We're all equal beings in the eyes of God and we're all loved by God. We are loved. We are enough. We are not expected to make perfect decisions, and we are expected to live the life that we came to live. And in doing that, I respect so much those people who provide me an opportunity to see beyond my self-ordained righteous thinking about how others should live. It's a judgment, And the judgment exists because people are afraid of not being to my uncle. I have an uncle who is very devout Christian, extremely devout Christian. And I did grow up in the Bible Belt so until I was 11. And he, uh, I, I have this book. We talked about it briefly last week, Uniquely Created, Divinely Inspired You. And I struggled with that because I didn't know what, pronoun to use for God and what word to use for God and I opted for the divine one and I was so proud when I finished that book not because I wrote it because I didn't I was just a scribe writing down what I was told but I was so proud that we finally had once again simplified the message and that's what we're talking about earlier The message has gotten simpler and simpler and simpler. And it's non-harming because you need to love yourself and you need to love others. 
boy, that's a huge challenge. So I went and I saw my uncle and I had just had some of his book printed and I gave him a copy and uh, I knocked him off his pens. What really was concerning was the fear that he demonstrated for me that opened my eyes so much because I love this uncle so much. And he said, if this is true, if what you believe is true, then my life work, work has been wasted. Hmm. And his life, his life work was trying to convert people to Christianity, but in doing that, he lived acts of kindness. But the problem is he also lived a life laden with judgment. Judgment and creation of fear. <laughs> creation of fear. He wasn't being kind for the sake of being kind. He wasn't being loving for the sake of being loving. He wasn't treating others the way he wanted to be treated if he was them, but instead was trying to make them him. And I think you hit the nail on the head with a lot of, with 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 my whole discontent with uh, organized religion of any kind is that's what what it ends up being is the people's ego gets ahead of what what's important and they start to measure their success in how many people subscribe to their newsletter or follow them on Twitter or go to their service or tune in on TV on their service and don't provide much substance other than, you know, if you live the right life, you can have a great life like me. <laughs> yes, yes, and and the millions of dollars that and, are coming to them. And send me money. <laughs> yeah, right. that are not being redirected out to uh, to those. If we have a pop, if we, it, I, granted, I am 66, so I'm aware of some things. I've seen some history, although, there were airplanes. <laughs> but the reality, <laughs> I have seen a lot of history, you know, first TV that was color and all of those things. But the reality for me is that we have we have seen, we have cyclically been through periods in this country where the haves have lots of free time and lots of money and we have people living on the streets. And they are, it's not crossing their minds that they have the power to do something about that. Uh, So cyclically, we have huge unemployment issues and we are cyclically in such a time. And yet the um, preferred option is not to go through skid row and to keep your eyes closed. It's hard to drive and keep your eyes closed, though. But the bottom line is... Keep the, blo- keep the blinders on. <laughs> keep the blinders on and keep your money in your pocket. Keep your money in your pocket. Friends, it's between you and God what you do with your money and the person you give it to and God what they do with theirs. And... But if we can justify not seeing what is in front of our eyes, not asking ourselves that question, how would I want to be treated if I were in that place? I can't imagine yeah. any of us would want to. <laughs> yeah. I think you really get yeah. more on that. I think when people say love thy neighbor as as thyself, and they think, oh, uh, I should love everybody exactly, that's exactly the same as me. That's not what it means. <laughs> no, no. Love, and if they did love everybody. As they are, as if you were in their situation. <laughs> not, that's right. Not, not love yeah. your neighbor who has the same exact characteristics as you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't have to be you. And and what's interesting is if, if they were loving them as as you, then they see, then that justifies not giving because I don't need to have anything. And, you know, it's, it's come to a place where some, where people accumulate far more than, they have far more than enough. 
we all do, and I, I'm guilty of that. How much is enough? Is is enough? You know, for some people, enough is where they have so much more than anyone else that there's no chance that they can be impacted by the loss of money. But the reality is that, you know, we are all enough. We all have enough. We have made it to this point. And and now we're at a place where we can start unifying and recognizing and what a beautiful day for the Supreme Court, two days. One, to recognize the humanity of health. And the second day for me to recognize the humanity, the equality of all. To set aside judgment that have existed for a long time. You know, Bob made the point uh, earlier that, uh, you know, that there's all these other things in the Bible. Do you know that the incidence of saying that uh, the same sex should not lay beside them is minuscule compared to the number of times it says in the Bible you should not engage in bad business practices? Or be divorced. Or, uh, and, you know, the the one that comes to mind, at one point when I was trying to decide about what faith I wanted to be because I was so disturbed by the judgments coming from the pulpit, and I am in a very liberal Christian faith. I've I've been brought up to be a Methodist, very liberal, uh, almost the Buddhism of Christian faith. I think it absolutely is. I said that last week. But I studied Judaism for a while. And what interested me is there was a Kashrut, a rule. Oh, and to me this rule exemplifies love, love. You do not go, if you do not have money, you do not go into a merchant's shop just so you can buy something. Because in doing that, you alert in that merchant a sense of expectation that cannot be realized. Functionally, you are both lying and stealing. You are stealing their positive energy. Because you cannot buy anything. Yeah, you're now, still on their time, which which you can't get back. <laughs> exactly. You you stole their you you cause them to be excited and then to become defeated. What an interesting way of looking at things. But to me, the significance of that way of looking at things is respecting. Um, each person's value and each person's right to have emotional peace. Each person's right to experience all of the parts of life. Each person's right to marry. Each person's right to be healthy. And do so without thought. It's it's not like it's it's a yeah but there's no but in it. It's a yes. But so many people want to yeah but it. And if we're right that God loves everyone equally, but may get disappointed in us on occasion, but in those occasions we are presented a crossroads and a chance to pick the path that's right for us. And sometimes that path, sometimes that path may be hardship as we're learning the lessons we need to complete our journey home. But we have the free will to make that choice. And that has nothing to do with health. I don't think that there's much we can do to make ourselves more healthy than we are. Um, has nothing to do with um, it's definitely not to keep TV commercials for uh, to tell us that we we could all be healthy all the time if we just took the right pill. <laughs> this is true. 
<laughs> the, the, the pill, the pill world. You know, um, there's a wonderful country, country western song. It has nothing to do with love. We know that. It's, love is not a right brain, left brain kind of thing. It just is. It's who we are. And God made us all to be who we are and to interact and recognize ourselves. Ourselves. I'm looking. I'm going to put my glasses on and see what time it is. So we have a few minutes. Let me tell you the story of the Kabbalah. At one point, I paid the money to um, participate in this Kabbalah training. It's interesting. I made the choice to pay that money when I had no money. And it was fine. I, here I am. I had enough. <laughs> and I have mentioned this Kabbalah story so many times that it, it was like, it ends up costing just nothing because it was so, such an important growth for me. But if you can imagine that all that is existed as all that is only. So everything was beautiful. Everything was positive. It was neutral. That's really, a lot of people think of peace as being some sort of elation, but instead it was neutral. It just was. So one day God said to himself or herself, you know, I want to have some, and I'm paraphrasing this, I want to have some excitement in my life. I, I want to experience things. And so God took all that is, or all that is, took itself, and threw it into the universe at such a great speed that it broke into all of these particles. And then all that is in its unity, in its connectivity, thought, wow, I'm already experiencing some things here. It's a little cold over here, and and that particle is having to make a choice. And, oh, my gosh, this particle just ran into another particle, and that particle got unhappy with it. And now both particles are having to decide how they're going to respond to it. And God, all that is, decided... I think that probably the best way to experience all of this is to take away any memory from the particles about who they are and allow them through their life journeys to remember. Spell that word for yourselves, folks. R-E-M-E-M-B-E-R. Reunite. And to recognize themselves and their partners on their journey home. And that's what we're in. And whenever you find yourself not seeing more in another, not seeing more in a situation, allowing your ego to overcome and control how you speak or what you say or your actions. There are two things. One is that's not going to take you to peace. That's pretty basic. And number two is even after you've engaged in that, remember where you left your peace and pick it back up. Because the bottom line is we're all in this together. And the more we judge each other, the more we decide that only one way is right, the more we discard the one lesson that we're here to learn, love. And how interesting that peace and peace, right? Broken to pieces Mm -hmm. and coming back together and, and... Obviously, that only works in our language, probably, but... Yeah, um, you're right. But yeah, and I don't think it... And it kind of goes to a tenet of that, you know, that that's something that it doesn't matter what 
religious faith you belong, you follow, or if you don't follow yeah. any, it's. I mean, you could even say that's big bang, right? Boom, everything. Yes, it's yes, you can. That, that 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 parable or 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 story just speaks to no matter how you believe the earth was created. Yes. It was yeah, created. The one and the way that it was, whether whether you look at it from a scientific or religious approach, yes, you can understand yes, the story. That, that we were all one at one point, and boom, everything, all the particles yes. separated and now coming back together, and some particles get together, some don't, some... Yes. But but then yeah. we're all still one big universe joined initially joined. I think that's why your deja vu deja vu can come from that, I think. You uh folks that I have agree. the ability or I believe we probably all have the ability, some of us because of fear or for uh not developing uh the ability can are psychic in in one way one form or another. Yes, I agree. I agree. And that that recognition that we were all created, you know, pretty much at the same time and we all are here on a journey to remember that we are a part of love. And and to me and remember I Today it was kind of an epiphany for me when I started talking about the New Testament as a simplification of things. But um, in that regard, when when you look at the book of John, and where John says, and I like to call God love because it inspires me to be all I can be, and when I'm not... It's such an easy word to go back to, to remember where I left my peace. I left it in love, in understanding, in my highest feelings, in my respect, my trying to see more in someone else than they're showing me. And in the book of John, it says, in the beginning was the word. The word was love. And the word was with love in the beginning was the word the word was God and the word was with God and now you'll take a on a meditation I'm sorry and then you'll take us on a meditation I will thank you for the reminder but it's been such a dynamic discussion last night i actually wondered if we should have a longer show but for right now i think it's a good amount of time let us all join together i'm sorry go ahead no you go ahead let us all begin to join our breaths our minds and our hearts together and let's pull in three deep breaths and act as though your nose, I encourage you to act as though your nose is in the sole of your feet because it helps make it easier to have an elongated breath. And pull that breath in up through the front of your calves and thighs, cross over your buttocks, and now come up through your chakras, your divining rod. And as you're pulling your breath in, you don't have to hold it. You can sip. Sip in energy like you're a singer. Sip in air. And think, I am enough. And when you come to the top of your head, open it up and allow your breath to merge with all that is. And as you breathe out, breathe out, there is enough. And then when you get to the point of starting your second breath, reach out your dominant hand and take the hand of God as you know God to be beside you. Holding that hand, complete your breath. I am enough. There is enough. And now reach out your hand and take the hand of a fellow listener's God. Continue to breathe in for the next few seconds and know and believe, please, that we are all enough. We are all loved. 
We all can model love. And if we do, that will change the world as we know it. Until next week, we say namaste. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.